What's going on, everyone? And welcome into another episode of Expected Best for your weekly NHL gambling podcast presented by the Odds Breakers. On this episode, we'll be discussing the NHL slate for Wednesday, April 13th. We originally had four games on the slate today, but the Seattle Kraken and Winnipeg Jets was just postponed. Thanks to some knowledge of my guest, who I'll now introduce. You can find him on Twitter at Twitter at Franco the Banker. But I always like to call him Chuck, as that is his real name. So, Chuck, what's going on? How you doing? How you doing, man? Uh, good. I'm I'm ready, strapped in for these playoffs, and let's get this let's get this underway. You know, that's what I like to see. Yeah, I I feel like it's going to be interesting, especially. I mean, the West right now. Uh, I guess we could start out there. Complete kind of wide open at this point. You're heading down to the final few games, 10 or so games. I'd say each team has about, what, 10, a little less? About 10 games. Yeah, about 10 games. And we're looking at a wildcat right now where Nashville's currently sitting with 72 games played, 87 points. Dallas has 72 games played, 86 points. Vegas has 73 games played and 84 points. Then you have the Jets and the Canucks. So that's kind of a five-team race. Obviously, we'll get touched on the Jets later as uh, actually we're not going to touch on the Jets later because that game got postponed. But I mean, we see this Vegas is obviously a team you don't want to see in the playoffs, given kind of what they're going to do and given just on paper, how stacked they are. Uh, They have been playing slightly better recently, but when you look at kind of those five teams, if you were going to pick two to get in, are you kind of going Nashville, Dallas, or do you think Vegas sneaks in there? Or do you have Winnipeg and uh, Vancouver kind of getting in as a long shot? It's tough. I I do think Vegas is tricky because I did see earlier today, Mark Stone is coming back Yeah, and they moved a few guys to long-term IR to clear that space. So if they can get it going, I mean, it all depends on what shape these guys are in. I know Pat's ready just came back as well. Um, If they can get their, their, you know, everything mixing and working, then they can easily get past you know, Dallas or, or, um, Nashville. Uh, but I, it, it really, it really all depends on how much these teams want it. I, I think Dallas and Nashville play great all year. A lot of stats I've seen on Nashville in particular with their shooting percentages have been kind of crazy. Yeah. And you wonder how long it can stay, sustain. They're kind of, I feel like they're kind of hanging on for dear life at this point. So, they would be the team, honestly, that I'd be most worried about not making the playoffs at this point. Yeah, I agree. And obviously tonight, Tuesday, um, game's going on at 10 p.m., but Vegas does take on Vancouver, which is an extremely meaningful game moving towards the playoffs. Vegas is 7-3 and three in the last 10, so they've been good, starting to run, kind of round into form, but they do have some tough games coming up. Calgary, Edmonton, uh, and they do play Dallas again, and they finish the season with St. Louis. So it's going to be really interesting to see kind of how they do down the stretch. Obviously, if they do make it in the playoffs and have to play Colorado the first round, I think that's Colorado's worst nightmare. I don't think there's any two ways about it. I think that's a team that Colorado does not want to face. So I think they're hoping that there's any other team makes it and gets into that second wild card spot. I agree with that actually a lot. And and one of the games we're going to be looking at is Colorado versus LA Kings. And believe it or not, Vegas is only two points back from them as well so the kings could even be falling into this wild card mess as well so that might play into that matchup um, when we go over that so 
Yeah, I completely agree. So that's going to be um, definitely an interesting matchup, kind of, I'd say, the marquee matchup of Wednesday's night, Wednesday night slates for sure. And then you head out to East. So obviously in the Atlantic, Florida and Toronto have already clinched a playoff spot. Tampa Bay is at 96 points right now in the division. So they're kind of closing in on that. But you also have Boston right behind them at 95 points. The Bruins are plus 750 to win the East right now, which personally I think is some dangerous odds given the depth, the veteran presence they have. And also if Swayman can get hot in the playoffs and he's played outstanding this year, been their best goalie by far. Why they moved him down, I don't know. But the Bruins are definitely a team to kind of look out for, I'd say for sure. At plus 750, I think it's maybe worth a little sprinkle. That's not a bad idea, especially with Toronto's postseason woes, Florida's goaltending woes. And, I mean, even Vasilevsky hasn't looked in in form for Tampa. So, you know, you, you combine that with the Rangers who are relying purely on Shesterkin, it seems like, at, at times. And Carolina, who's kind of gone cold, it it really is kind of open. It's, it's really odd because these teams seemed like they were running away with it earlier in the year, the, these Floridas and Carolinas. And uh, now, now it's up for anyone. Boston could sneak in there. Yeah. It's interesting because it almost, it almost feels like there's two different races because the West, you don't have a set playoff picture, right? But it almost feels like the East, anyone can win it. Obviously out West, you have Colorado, Calgary, who I feel like are the two heavy favorites. But when you look at the East, think, um, Florida's obviously the favorite right now behind maybe Tampa Bay and Carolina, but it feels like the East is more wide open right now, at least for me. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, I agree. The only team I don't particularly care for is Washington. Yeah. I think I yeah. I'm going to fade them as soon as the playoffs start, but this might be one of the scenarios when you get to the playoffs where you just take the dogs, whoever it is, you know, if, if you have, a, t- a team like this because these these series are going to end up being pretty even I, th- I think yeah and I, I think I agree I agree with that too and I think Florida getting home ice advantage is more important I'd say more for them than kind of any other team given their woes on the road this year and I think that's really going to start to show in the second round I think when they do start facing these tougher opponents that they aren't going to be as dominant at home I mean what the other day the past weekend, they were down to the Sabres, who give the Sabres have been much better as of late. So I'm not going to slander yeah. my own team there. But Florida was down three to one at home to them um, and somehow found, found a way, battled back one, four to three. But they they don't seem to be extremely dominant. Their defense still kind of lacks. Obviously, they're hoping to get Ekblad back for the playoffs. But Florida doesn't seem like the clear cut favorite, even though the odds are indicating they are. Yeah, I think they've fallen off. And, and the Ekblad loss is huge. So I, I don't want to discount that, but their goaltending just has not been good, you, you know, to give up the type of goals and the amount of goals to teams that they're giving, <laughs> giving them up to is just not what you want to see from a team like this. And you, you're not going to be able to win games five to four in the playoffs. It's just not how it works. You're, you got to win those games two to one, three to one. You know, that's that's what you're looking for. Yeah. And they, they even struggled with their goaltending last year in the playoffs, I believe, too. It's kind of their downfall as well. Yeah. So as it stands right now, Florida's going to play Washington. Toronto's going to play Tampa. Carolina's going to play Boston. And the Rangers are going to play the Penguins. And those four matchups in the East, I definitely lean Florida the first round. I think they can handle Washington. I'm going to lean Tampa over Toronto in that matchup. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that one. 
I agree. I'll yeah, probably yeah. be fading Toronto in the playoffs just because yeah. of their their history. I mean, we'll we'll see. I, I w- I'm really interested to see how the first one or two games go in, in whatever series that ends up being. But if if they start to show their their usual woes and jitters, so to speak, uh, it'll be easy to fade them. So. All right, I'll let you lead off this one. Carolina versus Boston. If we're going recent, I I would lean Boston. Like yeah. you said, I I think that there's value there, and Carolina is probably going to be favored in the the majority. You know, at least their home games. So that might be the perfect type of plus money fades that you can get early in that in that first round. Yeah, I agree. I, I liked Carolina uh, kind of heading into the playoffs for sure, but that's. I'd say the top, one of the toughest first round matchups they can get, especially against that Boston squad. And then when you really do look at the last kind of matchup of the Rangers versus the Penguins, that's another one where you almost, it depends on one guy, Shisirkin. That That is the series there. I mean, Jerry obviously was almost out the door in Pittsburgh last year after his playoff performance of how bad he was, rebounded tremendously this year. But you wonder if he has still the playoff woes or if he's kind of recovered from that. So any, any thoughts on that one, I guess? I think you have to like the veteran uh, presence for the Penguins, at least. Yeah. You know, they have so many guys on that team that have been there so many times. I know they've kind of gone a little cold recently, but I just don't know what the, the Rangers are going to be able to do in a long series. If that goes six or seven, can they put up enough goals to beat Pittsburgh if Shesterkin's not standing on his head? Yeah, and obviously um, they're not going to the backup there in that series. But, yeah, I think that's another one that's going to be interesting for sure. And then you look out west, you have, what, Colorado, Dallas. You're going to lean Colorado there, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah, Minnesota, St. Louis. That could be interesting. I still would lean Minnesota, and they have, they're another team that has a pretty – amazing home road split actually st louis as well does yeah Both of them are, are very home dominant teams um it really for st louis it really depends on their goaltending uh, minnesota short up theirs but uh huso's kind of been not as good as he was earlier in the season i was really back in st louis a lot early in the season and since then it's, i've kind of uh, cooled off on them so yeah i mean you can touch on that but what a wild turnaround for cam Talbot it's been yeah. It looked like he's just become a different goaltender essentially ever since uh, Fleury got there and Minnesota, that was their biggest issue was kind of goaltending and then just getting the consistent offensive production out of their top two lines. And it seems like they finally found that. Um, so I definitely like Minnesota there going to the third matchup right now, Calgary versus Nashville. Obviously I think Calgary is kind of the play there, but any thoughts on if Nashville is a shot in this one? I agree. Calgary, I, I have a future on Calgary to win the cup. So yeah. I'm going to be liking them, obviously. But even even despite that, I just I, I love their depth. I mean, even going down to third and fourth line, they have guys that just are, have either been there, you know, guys like Lucic and physical grit on the defense on the defenseman, you know, on the blue line. I just, I just think that they have a lot going for them and they have solid goaltending on top of that. And their, their top line is just, it's so good. Yeah, it is crazy. And I mean, speak of veteran presence, they've run to Foley. He seemed to kind of fit in nicely well with that core as well. 
And I think this is obviously one of the most highly anticipated matchups in the West. If it does happen, Edmonton versus LA. Yeah, that's going to be a good matchup. I mean, Edmonton's just been hot, you know, the last few weeks or so. They they were a team that wasn't even in the playoffs not that long ago, I feel like. And now they're firmly entrenched. So, and the Kings on the other side are kind of going the opposite way. And losing Dowdy is going to hurt. Yeah. Uh, I saw he's out for the year now. So, this is um, a matchup I feel like it's going to be, I, I don't want to say squares, but public versus kind of the sharps here. I feel like most of the sharps are going to be on the Kings here. And obviously given kind of the popularity of the Edmonton Oilers and their star players there, I feel like the majority of the public is going to be on the Oilers most of these games. I agree. That's, that's probably right. And I, I feel like the sharps have been on the Kings throughout the season as well. Yeah. Yeah. I agree there. All right. So, yeah, I mean, we talked about this a little bit before the podcast started, but any kind of general approaches you take, um, when betting the playoffs, I mean, for me, it's extremely kind of difficult because you have the same teams facing off four to seven times against each other in a row. Do you look to kind of keep playing a money line or a total in that, or do you kind of back off one and say, Hey, this team's kind of giving me, they're giving up more shots for left wingers, right wingers, et cetera, and kind of look for a player prop on it. That's kind of under the radar. In the past, actually, I've tended to kind of, get off of player props when the playoffs start. It, it seems to be guys that you don't expect that produce in the playoffs. I mean, there, there's always the, the guys you expect that come through eventually, but it's, it's always the third and fourth line guys that end up being the difference in, in tight games. When it's two to one or, or a tie game going in the third late, it's, it's that guy that you're like, wow, that guy scored. Okay. All right, fine. But um, as far as as far as sides go, I, I like to kind of back a team if I feel like they're the team I, I expect to win the, the series. Instead of taking a serious future, I'll just back them in the majority of the games, you know, three in a row or four, four games in a row. And if you lose the first one, you come back to it and hope you're getting a better price the second time. Yeah, I agree. I think series futures, too, are very tough in the playoffs once you kind of look at them, because I feel like everything's kind of heavily juiced. The underdogs aren't kind of normally priced where they should be. They're not given a proper kind of spread, I say, or kind of number. And you look at the favorites and they're kind of they're kind of over exaggerated of trying to win. I don't really I think there's a ton of vig on those numbers that it's just really not worth the play rather than just playing an individual game. Uh, so, yeah, I know your thoughts on that. Yeah, I agree completely. I, I usually don't play futures just because of that. I feel like you can get live stuff better. You know, if you if you like a if you like a favorite to win a series and maybe they go down two to one in that first game, back them on the money line in the second period, and you know, that's better value than you're ever gonna get betting a future. So I like yeah, that better. I would agree. And I know we touched on this too before a little bit, but so Seattle-Winnipeg game, obviously off the board tonight. That's been rescheduled for May 1st. Any hope of Winnipeg here? I know we talked about this. We pulled up the schedule. So if we're going down Winnipeg's schedule, right? So they have Florida-Tampa coming up, <laughs> New York, Carolina, Colorado, Calgary. That's brutal. All playoff teams. Yeah. I don't know how they stand to chance in hell of making the playoffs given that schedule for the remaining 10 or so games. Yeah. I think two of those games I could see them winning, but 
I mean, if if they go against a team that has a spot locked up, um, maybe they catch them sleeping. That that's the only thing I can think of, and I just don't see it though with that team. They they're far too inconsistent. I think they have some good pieces, but they're not quite there. Yeah, I think their only hope would be once they hit that 24, the April 24th, and they play Colorado, Philly, Calgary, Seattle, is all those, yeah, obviously Colorado and Calgary are kind of shutting down their top players, and they catch those four wins and somehow get in there. If they can even go two and two, first Florida, Tampa, Rangers, and the Hurricanes, I think they maybe have a like dark horse shot if they can rattle off those four wins. Yeah, but with yeah. Vegas and Dallas, I just, I just think it's too difficult. And it's a shame. I like Vancouver as well this year, but they just start off so poorly. They never kind of had a chance. No, and I think Vancouver is another one of those teams too that does have the pieces. Obviously, they didn't move Besser or Miller and kind of towards the trade deadline, which many people thought they would. Um, and I think kind of that new front office for them, especially, is kind of looking to stay put as of now and just kind of build off that in the offseason. So it'll be interesting to see what they do kind of come free agency. I know they have some money, so we'll see what they do. Yeah, that'll be interesting. I, I do like them, and, and Demko's a heck of a goalie, so I like what they have there. Yeah, he's really come on to this year. Um, I know there's some, some doubts about him last year, but he's definitely kind of emerged as their clear number one, which they desperately needed. Um, so, all right, with all that being said, I guess we can get into Wednesday, April 13th slate. Speaking of the Rangers and the Flyers, do we want to start with them? That sounds good. All right. so. Divisional game, uh, obviously the Rangers are 13-7-1 in the Metro. Phillies 7-12-4 in the Metro. Rangers have been hot as of late, 7-2-1 in their last 10. Phillies struggled going 3-7-0 in their last 10. New York's obviously a heavy favorite, minus 210 on the money line. Philly comes in at plus 170. Over-under set at six here. So for me, looking at the Rangers, obviously have been scoring at a higher rate in their last 10, have been slightly worse defensively, not too much kind of noteworthy, I'd say, on there. Philly's been awful defensively as of late in their last 10, but have been scoring at a higher rate offensively. Given the predicted goalies of Shesurkin not starting and Martin Jones starting, you're a Philly guy. You know where I'm going with this one. Yep. Yep. It's the over at six. If you can, if it's still available right now, which I believe it is, I don't know how you don't sprinkle on the over here. I agree completely. Over. Yeah. I just think with, with this goaltending matchup, if, if it ends up being that you, you have to Martin Jones has, I, I don't know why they, they signed him to be honest. When they signed him, I was very disappointed. Yeah. Um, so and he's he's uh, fit the billings, um, so yeah. If if it's Georgiev and and Jones, I would definitely lean towards the over. Uh, maybe first period over as well. I like but that. There's there's no there's no real value on the Rangers. I would say, um, if anything, I would maybe do the puck line plus one and a half with the Flyers if if that was not too juiced. But I don't know that I would necessarily want to do that just because it's the Flyers. Yeah, so the puck line for the Flyers right now, as I'm seeing it, is around minus 140, yeah. which still seems – it's obviously not awful, but it's not a number that you're willing to kind of lay given 
uh, the Flyers kind of recent games. And both teams are coming off back-to-backs. So New York's taking on Carolina tonight. Philly is taking on Washington. Philly on no day's rest is three, six, and four. And New York on no day's rest is seven, four, and one. Phillies lean to the over uh, kind of on those back-to-back games. But yeah, I, I think if you can grab the over at six here, especially once they announce the starting goaltenders here, I don't, I think that's definitely a solid play uh, for both these teams tomorrow. I agree. I agree with that. Um, player prop wise, I did a little, a little research on that. Um, I like Zibanejad. Yeah. He uh, loves to play the Flyers. <laughs> Um, three games this year, two goals, one assists. Uh, last year, seven goals and 11 assists in eight games, believe it or not. So he's a guy that I like to look at. The, uh, the goal score prop is probably what I'll, what, I'll, what I'll go with, depending on where we can get it. But he just plays better against Philly, and especially if Martin Jones is in that. Um, on the other side, I like Kevin Hayes, obviously revenge factor here. Yeah. Um, He's hit his point total in four of his last five, and he's gone over his shots all five, five in a row, um, and two of three against the Rangers. One of the games that he missed was back in December as well. So his ice time is picked up. He just seems to be playing with a with a nice confidence to him since, since Giroux's been uh, traded. So I like that as well. Do we want to touch on Cam Atkinson? He seemed to be in a low, hasn't scored his, uh, hasn't recorded a point in his last six. What's going on with him? I don't know. I, I feel like he, he was red hot to start the year. Yeah. Uh, you wanted to back for shot props and goal scoring props. And then he just fell off. Then he kind of picked it back up. And now he's just, I think when they got rid of Giroux, he just hasn't found the right line mate to get him going. And, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't really know what, what's up with him, but he's, he's just been really inconsistent. I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I think we're both on the same uh, page with this one, the over here, I believe it's at minus one ten right now. And I can easily see that moving to around minus minus one twenty, minus one twenty five. come puck drop tomorrow. Uh, and I do like the Savannah, Jed shots on goal, you said, or anytime goal score. So is it Savannah Jed shots on goal or any time goal score you said? I would go with a goal score. I, I like it probably not a full unit, probably half unit or quarter unit, depending on where the odds are. But just oh, based yeah. on his his history, I, I like it a lot. Perfect. All right. Just we can move on to the next one. We have the Habs at the Columbus Blue Jackets. Um, Montreal's been one of those teams that obviously struggled mightily in the beginning of the year, given their losses of kind of what Carey Price, Shea Weber, kind of their two core guys that did kind of lead them to a run to the Eastern Conference final or Stanley Cup finals last year, I should say. They have slowly transitioned to an over team. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, it's weird to say that, but Montreal kind of beginning of the year was obviously an under team that you always looked at given their lack of scoring up front but they have slowly transitioned to an over team there. The three totals in their last game, uh, three games versus Winnipeg was six and a half versus Toronto was seven and versus the devils was six and a half. Obviously the devils in Toronto are over teams as well, but to see Montreal listed at those numbers is, is kind of crazy given the start of the year. 
Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I agree. <laughs> yeah. All right. So if you look at the money line here, Columbus is minus 195. Montreal is plus 160 with the over-under being set at six and a half here. Montreal's offensive production has picked up and their defense has slowed down in the past 10 games for sure. Columbus's, on the other hand, their offense has slowed down tremendously, only averaging 2.5 goals in their last 10. You look at their goals against their last 10, they've been giving up an average of 3.9 a game. These teams have faced off twice this year with Columbus winning both matchups. Obviously, Montreal's goalie issues has been a constant theme for them this year. Uh, Allen's hurt. Not sure if he's going to be back. I don't know if you've heard anything about that. Uh, I'm not sure about that, to be honest. I, yeah. I don't know where, where he's at right now. Yeah, I've, I haven't seen anything come out kind of in the coming days, but I guess any thoughts on this one here? This is a tough game um, for sure. These are the types of games that I like to lean the over in just because you know that these are two teams that are playing for exercise, so to speak. Um, yeah. And they're just going to kind of go out and have fun. The young guys are going to want to show that they deserve to be there. So you know that they're going to try. Um, I'm looking at a guy like Caulfield, of course, in that scenario. But I, I would the only way I feel like you can do is lean the over. I wouldn't want to pick a side, especially with how bad Columbus has been recently overall. You can't really back them, even though they've won um, the two previous matchups. Yeah, I mean, so obviously Montreal opened at um, – let me pull up the money line right now. So Montreal opened at plus 163. That has since dropped to plus 150. I think there's, I mean, to me, obviously, you mentioned this before, neither team has anything to play for. This game means nothing to either side besides guys on the third, fourth lines trying to make the roster for next year, trying to set themselves up. I like the Habs in this one. Plus 150, it's pretty much a pick em. The Habs have been equally as good as they have been at home or home in a way. They pretty much have the same record. Columbus has been slightly better at home, but for me, I lean the Habs here uh, at plus money. I think it's definitely worth a sprinkle, obviously not a full unit in this one, but I do like the Habs here given kind of how the money line is trending. I agree. It's probably worth a shot at that price for sure. Yeah. All right. Um, I mean, nothing really much else to touch on this one. It's, it's kind of one of those games that's just on TV and you just watch if you're betting, but um, any thoughts on player props here? So I too, I would do two that I kind of like. Um, I said Caulfield earlier. He does have points in four of his last five. Yeah. And with him being a young guy that still has something to prove, I could see him coming out. On the other side, um, Zach Rowenski. Two games against them this year, he has four shots and eight shots. Um, he's usually plus money at three and a half. So, and we know that Montreal gives up a ton of shots. I like that. Believe it or not, too, another one that's sneaky is Patrick Line has three goals in two games against them. It's not sneaky, I guess, but I don't know necessarily what his line is going to be at. And yeah. he does not fall under that category of a guy that has anything to prove. So you could see a lackadaisical performance out of him. So I don't necessarily want to back him, but if the price is right, I might sprinkle it. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Montreal's shot. They've given up an average of 40 shots on goal per game in their last 10, which is a ridiculous number, especially given their goaltending woes. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I like the Wernski bet a lot, especially for shots on goals here. 
Um, so yeah, I think we're going to be riding that. I'm definitely going to be sprinkling on Montreal ASAP. I think that line even may move uh, to a plus 140 range um, tomorrow, given who's starting a net for them. I'm guessing it's Montembeau, but um, we'll see what happens from that. All right. Well, I guess we'll go on to the big game of the night. The Kings taking on the Avalanche. Um, yeah, so Colorado's a heavy favorite here. Minus 250 on the money line. Kings are around plus 200. Um, over under set at six right now, I believe. That's the latest number I've got. Yeah, and it's a juice to the under. So the under six is at minus 115. The over is at minus 105 here. Colorado's been much better offensively, I guess. Um, like started to kind of turn it on a little bit, struggled versus Edmonton, um, but did well against Winnipeg and Pittsburgh. Defense has been solid too, 2.5 goals against their last 10. Kings uh, offense has picked up a little bit. Defense has struggled, but <coughs> sorry about that. One thing I wanted to note too was, so the Kings averaged the fifth most shots on goals for per game, but have the worst shooting percentage in the NHL. If they were somehow able to kind of get hot in the playoffs, I think they eat, they could easily upset Edmonton in the first round if that is the matchup, but that's a team you don't want to face going in knowing that they do generate that amount of scoring chances and have the worst shooting percentage in the NHL. Yeah, and they also don't give up a ton of shots on the back end. So it's kind of a perfect storm for them to be a, a sneaky team in the playoffs, especially against a team like Edmonton, who we know can give up goals with their goaltending. So I do I do like that kind of angle there. That might not be a bad look. Exactly. So these teams have met twice this year. Uh, Colorado's won both matchups. But any thoughts here? Obviously, I think given kind of how close these two teams are, um, Colorado to minus 240 money line is obviously something I'm not going to play. Um, and I'm not going to take the Kings here in this matchup either. So I guess you have to almost look at the over in this and say kind of, is it worth it? Or is this a game you kind of just look towards player props for you? So actually I might look at the Kings here. I don't know if it'd be money line or puck line, but it's kind of the angle I mentioned earlier with the playoff seating. So if I'm Colorado, I do not want to play Vegas. I don't want them in the playoffs at all. Right. Yeah. And right now they're on the outside looking in They're two points back from the Kings. If Vegas wins a few games, the Kings lose a few games. It could be the Kings on the outside looking in and, and now Vegas is in and that's not exactly what you want to see. So I'm not saying that Colorado is going to let them win or anything like that, but with them already locking down their, their first place positioning, essentially, this could be a game that they might not care. Let's put it that way. So at the value, I, again, you're not going to back Colorado at minus 250. I might sprinkle it. What the heck? I know that the Kings shoot a ton and they can play defense. So, um, you know, the series right now is, uh, you know, the, the Kings are down zero to two against them. So they have something to play for and they, they don't want to be on the outside looking in either. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned that puck line and the more I look at it. So the Kings puck line is minus two uh, is minus minus one twenty five. Isn't that much juice. 
And I think kind of given what you every everything you've said, I think that's a great number to kind of lay in this game. Um, kind of given everything, Colorado's still got some injury issues, Kadri, Landeskog essentially, and then you touched on Dowdy for the Kings. Um, yeah, I mean, the more you kind of talked about that, the more I love the Kings here, uh, for sure, especially on the puck line. So I know we talked about this before, but any player props you're looking at here? This one will probably stay off. Colorado tends to give up more shots on the road than mm-hmm. at home. I do like to look at Kings players for shot props. Um, probably a guy like Trevor Moore or um, I believe Kempe has been better on the road. Yeah. But Colorado props are always too juiced for my liking usually. Um, so I'll probably lay off them. And, and like I said, the Kings don't give up a ton of shots and they don't um, give up too many goals. I know it's Colorado, obviously, and they can score at, against any team, but it's not really a spot I'm looking to lay with Colorado players. Another interesting stat, too, to back up the Kings. I just pulled this up. So, obviously, the Kings are taking on the Chicago Blackhawks tonight in Chicago. On no day's rest, the Kings are 9-3-2. After a win, they're 5-1-1. After a loss, they're 4-2-1. So, obviously, some teams do struggle kind of given uh, the quick turnaround, but the Kings aren't one of those teams. Yeah, that's really weird. And it's not an ideal spot. Obviously, they're playing in Chicago tonight, so it's <laughs> not the perfect scenario flying in from Chicago. There is also the angle of a team having a, a favorable road trip in, in Colorado and coming home. And usually those teams tend to be in a lazy spot, so to speak, and they, they tend to lose those games, those first games back. So um, that's another thing to kind of add to it. So it's kind of angles playing both ways. Yeah, and it looks like Quick's going to start tonight versus Chicago. So it's going to be Pedersen um, versus Colorado. And he hasn't been bad, but he hasn't been good either. Um, I don't really think that's a major kind of difference. It's not one of those backup goalies that you completely fade, essentially, when you're looking at it. So, yeah, no, I'm probably definitely going to be on the Kings puck line tomorrow at minus 125 for sure. I think that's another line that could move. I'm not sure which way, though. Obviously, the public loves to take Colorado, um, but I don't know if they're really going to be all over that. I mean, I, I think they probably will, given the Kings back-to-backs. I'm sure yeah, Colorado Puckline. Yeah, no way. I'm sure uh, Colorado Puckline is going to be hammered, especially at plus money tomorrow. I can easily see that dropping down, and you can get a better price than the Kings, kind of closer to uh, puck drop for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, anything else you want to add? Short slate, obviously, but I think we got some good points. I think we have bets in all three games for sure that I like tomorrow. Um, yeah. Anything else to add here? I think that's all. I'm, uh, like I said, really excited for playoffs to start and baseball starting up too. So I'm busy as ever, but it's fun. Yeah. Yeah, I see you're big on the baseball as well. I think we're going to have to do a huge playoff extravaganza coming up too uh, before and kind of go through all the matchups with everyone, uh, which would be exciting. Kind of do an hour or two special on that and just break down everything of what we're expecting. So that should be fun. Um, We'll definitely have you back on for that. But yeah, you want to just plug your socials one more time, kind of wherever you can find the NHL bets and MLB bets, of course. That'll be on Twitter only. Uh, at Franco the banker. Perfect. All right. Well, thanks again for coming on and breaking down some NHL games for another episode of Expected Bets 4. We'll see you next week.
All right. Take care. Thanks for having me. Of course. Thank you.